on this TMV Sports Roundtable, how are the Nats getting on during spring training? And we're still waiting for Bryce Harper's landing spot. Two of our three regulars are here, security guard and sports computer Jamal Bowens, our Skins beat reporter and sports director George Wallace. I'm Dimitri Sotis here to direct traffic a little bit if I can. Joining us on Skype from West Palm Beach, Todd Dibus, senior writer for NBC Sports Washington. Thanks for having me. Are you sure that Bryce Harper isn't like hanging around down there at the training facility with a mustache and dark glasses, uh, getting a little practice in? Where is that guy? Where's that guy going to land? I am standing here right outside of the entrance to the facility on the <laughs> national side. So uh, I have a pretty good vantage point if anyone comes in and, or goes out. And I am yet to see him in the almost two weeks that I've been down here. Where he's going to land? I think we pretty much learned it's not here. Uh, we can draw, draw, to kind of maybe you had used a pencil before to draw over the nationals, um, but it's a pretty good idea to put that in pen at this point after what Mark Lerner said uh, earlier today. Now, he told you basically the same thing, and he kind of said it too. Uh, um, reiterated what he said earlier in the offseason that they moved on, they filmed their, they filled their roster, they haven't heard from those guys in months, they don't know what they're doing. And then I saw a quote from Mike Rizzo saying that, well, they've got my phone number, they can call me. Well, I got you know news for you there. If, if anybody, nobody's going to call Mike at this point, it's going to be Ted Lerner at this point, I would think. But you know, and, and Mark says he leaves that door open to crack, and I get it until it's officially done, you can never count them out. But is there a reason to believe this time when you, you were sitting there face to face with him that? that he is that he has moved on i mean do you get that sense well you know george i i feel like we can tell a lot by what comes out first when we're interviewing people and when you ask them a question what's the first idea that pops in their head and then what subsequently do they say yeah and that crack door thing came at the end yeah it came at the end of several sentences of i said this before we moved on you know, it's not going to it's just not going to work for us in the way that we structured everything. We made him an offer. He didn't want it. Um, we haven't heard from them in months. And then it was like, but the door is cracked just a tiny <laughs> bit. Right. You would think to your point that Scott Boris in the end is going to call Ted Lerner's red bat phone. What we're getting from the Phillies or the Giants or even the Padres, if they go extra crazy, um, you know, and so what do you think? I mean, why why would you not do that? Right. There, right. There's nothing to lose there. So you would assume that's going to happen. But you also assume the number is going to be bigger than what the Nationals initially offer and then subsequently rescinded when it was declined. So why? I can't see a situation where they're going to go up. I certainly can't see a situation where Scott Boris and Bryce Harper are going to say, well, we'll take $299 because Manny <laughs> got 300 right? So um, it just – they didn't seem to match from the start, um, you know, and it's not a positional need. And maybe if it's the Phillies in the end, it makes them a little nervous. But it's the, it just – I, I, I don't it doesn't make sense to me at this point. It didn't make a lot of sense in the offseason. And it really doesn't make sense to me when you have an owner now twice publicly saying we're not doing this. And I wonder if to your point about the Phillies, that would be the only thing to me. I wonder if he calls up Ted and says it's the Phillies and you got to see him 19 times a year and this and that. Does that have any effect? And if it is the Phillies, am I going to go over and match this? You know, if it's the Padres, fine. You're in the West, the NL West, or, you know, I don't think it's not going to be the White Sox, I don't think at this point, or even the Giants. Okay, fine. But if it's the Phillies, does that make a difference, you think? 
Yeah, I, I think that's always been an interesting layer to this yeah. when uh, different players have different values to different organizations. So, for instance, for the Nationals, Patrick Corbin got six years here, right, and $140 million. And we looked at how this offseason was going, and that stood up all the way until Manny Machado here in the middle of February. Longest deal, largest deal. Now, in a vacuum, does Patrick Corbin get six years and $140 million? Right. Maybe not, but these guys really needed that spot. They knew that Bryce Harper did not accept their initial offer and they weren't going to wait. So they went and nailed this guy down and went maybe a little further than other teams generally would. So it's it's always a factor. Um, and if you look positionally as well, the outfield here is pretty well set. It makes a lot of sense. What you have, it's really high return on investment because Juan Soto and Victor Robles are dirt cheap. Adam Eaton's a very manageable contract, which is why they got it in the first place. And then you add Michael A. Taylor, who's still walking around with a bunch of potential and doesn't cost a bunch of money. Um, you put those things together, and that's not a position of need for you either. So they had different valuations on different positions, and they acted accordingly. Now, we all expected Bryce to wait for uh, Manny to go first and for that shoe to drop, and that happened. Now we're in the position where we're looking at what's going on. Why is he waiting so long? Is this more Bryce, or is this just Boris posturing and doing what he does best and you know, kind of driving a hard bargain. Well, how much of this is Bryce really wanting to go to the Phillies and not return here? I, you know, I don't think it's unfair at this point to say that Bryce is in a bit of a box. Then mm-hmm. his number of suitors has dwindled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it never really was that high to begin with, and so you know, one place he may have thought he could drive up price was in Washington. And they made it very clear that that's not going to occur. So take that out of the equation. And then you look at the Phillies. The Phillies are just going to sit there. Why Why not? I mean, they're, every GM wants to avoid negotiating against himself. And every owner wants to avoid negotiating mm, against yeah. himself. And Scott Boris got Tom Hicks to do that when A-Rod became a free agent and somehow extracted $252 million from the Rangers. And if you recall that, no one was at like 250, and then the Rangers were like, "Oh, we'll give you 252." <laughs> Just magically, it was 252, twice as much as the richest North American sports contract to the point, which was KG was 126. If everyone remembers that, yeah. And somehow Scott Boris turned that into 252 million dollars in Texas. So, right now, when you look at the Giants saying we don't want to give a long-term deal, and you look at the Phillies just sitting and waiting, and you look at the, I never bought the White Sox. I never will. It, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. They're not very good. Their organization is not in a very good place, especially as compared to like the Padres. Um, so, so now what do you do if if you're Bryce Harper, right? You tell you threaten to sit out if the Phillies don't give you 326 million to push you past Manny and Stanton's extension. Uh, what what are your options here? And if the Phillies were going to give him 375 million dollars, wouldn't that have happened by now? Is yeah. one of the questions mm-hmm. I keep asking. And the thing is, too, you know, and you don't know. Obviously, whatever you see out there is whatever Scott Boris wants out there. I saw one mm-hmm. this week that that Bryce is even questioning out does he even want to go to Philadelphia, and I could see that. I mean, I you know. It's not like Philly is. I get it. They've they've added some nice pieces, but at the same time, is that a no brainer that he wants to go play in Philadelphia? Are they that much better than the Nets right now? I don't think so. Yeah, and this has always been a lost part of the conversation for for me throughout this. Is does Bryce want to go there? Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you could say all these teams want to offer him a bunch of money, but if you look at the White Sox, 
I don't understand why anyone would go there at this point. Um, barring if <laughs> the only thing you worried about was was the money, and they gave you something. Again, the reference Alex Rodriguez, the equivalent of that deal, the modern day equivalent of that deal here, almost 20 years later, where you just blow everyone else away with the total value of the deal, and it, so you just got to do it, right? If it's 400 million dollars from the White Sox, you just say, okay, White Sox, I'll take your 400 million dollars, presumably. <laughs> so it, it's 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 been George, you've been doing this a while. I've been doing this a while. This is one of the strangest things I've ever seen across all the sports that uh, we cover. Yeah, and the thing it's because you know you figured okay, this offseason was going to be different, and these two guys what they were going to fetch on the open market. But I don't think anybody thought this would go to February twenty second. Did, did you? Nobody, right? No. no. Uh, yeah, I thought late January. Yeah. Um, I certainly didn't think the winter meetings, but I thought late January it would be over with. And, you know, he would be when he could report. The first day he could report would be the day that he would report. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, and then I have flashbacks to J.D. Martinez walking in. Last year. Um, yeah. JetBlue Park, you know, while spring training was going <laughs> on. He's a triple crown candidate. And you're like, what is going on here? This guy can't get a job until now. I mean, that that's crazy. I wanted to ask you it's about the, uh, the low number of suitors, is that uh, mm-hmm. is that all about money or is it about Bryce's personality too? A, it's about money. So we'll start there. Everything's about money in the end <laughs> with, with these things um, in major professional sports. I, I do think Boris is arguing Bryce's personality um, and extracurricular marketing possibilities are a reason to pay him more. And maybe when people look in a clubhouse, they look at those things and don't think it's a reason to pay him more, right? It's it's another layer of the equation that you have to deal with. So I do think there's definitely consideration to that. I haven't heard anyone outside of Jonathan Papelbon intimate that Bryce Harper <laughs> is a bad teammate. Um, and Papelbon never said that. He just showed us his thoughts on the right, subject. Right. <laughs> um, so Bryce wasn't ingrained, I would say, in the clubhouse culture here he he was there he was on time he you know was friendly to his teammates but came and went individually which is also fine you're allowed to do that you know when we all leave work we don't necessarily leave with a co-worker and go out afterward maybe on occasion um but you know there, there's no discernible we're not sitting here viewing a discernible void in the nationals clubhouse without him here this spring the unquestioned leader in there is max scherzer mm-hmm. which may be a little surprising because he's a starting pitcher and traditionally we're told that's that's not someone who can be the leader but it's definitely him, um, and, and nothing feels missing other than the crowding around Bryce's back corner locker where he used to be stationed. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because just being in that clubhouse, you know, okay, if, if after games you see over there Bryce is going to talk, fine, everybody kind of just heads that way, but you don't see – you didn't see much of – that like you would see with Zimmerman in the corner or the pitching pitchers in the corner, Bryce was in and out and did his own thing. And I was just curious if, you know, if you could even tell other than the fact that there's no 34 in that clubhouse when you walk in there, if you could even kind of tell that there was any, you know, that the, the any sort of different attitude, I guess, on the field with, with the guys. No, I, I don't think so, George. Yeah. I mean, nothing for us as reporters, 
the only the again the main difference is it's been quieter right sure. we don't have to like track every move um with this guy and, and kind of the conversations in the clubhouse are certainly more well balanced people are worried about other things that they may not have spent time on if bryce harper was here and and you got to be around to make sure you catch whatever he says moving on from bryce harper one of the players that could probably benefit from this obviously is anthony rendon lots to talk about his extension i saw his quote the other day about scott boris look he says scott works for me which is you'd like to hear guys say that because that is the truth these the agents, agents, these the agents agent work works for, the for them, the, you, not the other way around. Yeah. And a lot of the agents try to flip it that way. No, you work for the player. Yeah. A lot of the players allow the GM to get them to the point right now where they've limited their options to a point where they're not going to get what they promised what they, they want to get. Yeah. They need to start driving that car instead of letting the agents manipulate to that point. And that's, you know, with Anthony Rendon, and he's, you know, and Todd knows too, Anthony's not really a media-friendly kind of guy. No. Doesn't like talking to us. But, uh, Todd, I would, I mean, as far as being underrated in the world of baseball, I think Anthony Rendon is one of those guys. Uh, I know you have reported also that there have been talks this, pre- this spring about a contract extension. I would think with this, you know, Bryce in or out, he is most likely out now. I would think that would benefit Rendon because they'd probably like to get something done. And I would think he wants to get something done. Is that correct? Yeah, there's definitely sentiment on both sides to get something done, without a doubt. Um, you know, as you were alluding to, George, Anthony's personality is different. <laughs> <laughs> It's taken me like four years to kind of get him in a place where we can have a good conversation. Uh, those are never going to happen post game. Those are never going to happen if you're asking him about why he had two hits in the game, you know, when he was in an 0-15 slump. <laughs> That's not going to prompt a good response <laughs> from him. If you ask him about the Houston Rockets, you'll be in for a conversation, his beloved Houston Rockets. So, um, yeah, both sides have, have discussed that. Both sides are open to doing that. We'll see how soon they get it done. Uh, and, and, you know, to the point of Rendon saying Scott Boris works for me, when talking to him later on after that, he elaborated by saying, I, I, I don't think certain players who ended up mad about Boris's services after the fact set that line with Boris to make sure, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this is what I want. This is what you need to do. You, you work for me and report back, please. Instead, they let kind of Boris as you were saying, drive the car um, and they end up getting run over and they get irritated <laughs> afterward and that's not going to happen to Anthony Rondon. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I mean, I'm kind of surprised though if that's the case, if that's the case that happened with Bryce because all you heard last year is that you know, and a lot of it, again, he's not, you know, the the very personable guy that the, the, some of these guys are, I get it, but he said what he said in front of the cameras and, you know, this is his home, he wants to be in, in D.C., loves D.C., he's a baseball guy, you know, he could be the guy one for franchise for his entire career and you know I had heard one report that he told Scott that and that his wife likes it here I like it here get this done and I'm just I just wonder how much of that actually those conversations actually took place or he just kind of sit back let Scott go get what he can get and then Bryce will make a decision and that's kind of where we are where we are now yeah and we also don't know what other parameters are framed around this right sure. we're only talking about years and total value um and, and kind of coming at it from that angle uh, uh surely there are going to be other factors in here if you talk to former mets gm steve phillips um he during the a-rod negotiations told his owner after a conversation with scott boris look they asked for all these individual things that i just can't meet it can't and that became the kind of famous 24 and one mm-hmm. clubhouse quip from 
Phillips at the time. He had a press conference to say that the Mets were no longer pursuing A-Rod, and, and that's when he kind of delivered that sentiment. Um, so we don't know what else is happening here, what else is being asked for. Um, we, we're just posturing at the at the years and average annual value and total value based on kind of educated guesses and certainly some things that Boris is trying to per- push into the cycle. Maybe a quick word for the fans about, you know, the upcoming season and whether the guys look pretty good? Yeah, in general, if, I mean, I test, yes. Uh, piece of paper test, yes. Uh, <laughs> but we've seen that before. We've seen that before, right? We've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. And then advanced analytical pro- projections, yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> essentially a 90-win team by most models, both the Nationals' internal model and other external models that we see at FanGraphs and places like that or Pakoda. Um, so <laughs> no one's hurt right now. So that's yeah. all valid. But once that starts to happen, we can see a rapid decline. We saw that last year. Um, if there's anything to be focused on or half concerned about, it's the starting pitching depth. I think that kind of that back half of the rotation is a little dicey at this point. And if people get hurt or there's underperformance, they're going to be scrambling a little bit to figure that out. We saw that precisely happen last year when Gio Gonzalez and Tanner Rorick weren't their normal selves. And then the fifth spot was kind of a hot mess all year. The reaction, I guess, Fans have been down there now, and I, I know it's very intimate access in spring training. Uh, you know, gathering from what I've seen on on social media and things like that with the Bryce Harper thing, I don't think fans are going to crush the Nationals for not meeting the over $300 million offer and, and things like that. I think fans are going to be just fine with it. What do you got to get gauge from that? Yeah, George, you know what? I've thought about Mark Lerner's comments. Is why is he making them? And I feel like a lot of that is directed toward the fans. Sure. He said, look, we made this offer. Um, and then we were very proactive in free agency. And I don't want that to get lost in this discussion about Bryce Harper, you know, from his point of view. So um, he's kind of like they, as an organization, both in the roster build and a little bit here in the PR narrative, are, are providing themselves some padding mm-hmm. for when this ultimately ends. Um, and they were s- smart to do that, certainly. We still see some Bryce Harper jerseys down here and, and fans kind of longing for him. But, you know, th- he's not going to be here anytime soon is what the owner is telling us. Todd Dibus, senior writer for NBC Sports Washington. Thanks a million. Really learned a lot from you. Thanks, guys. That means, Thanks, that means Bryce it. is going to walk in the door in 20 minutes, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't do it to me, George. Don't I know. That's right. Hey, listen, we got another. Yeah, we want you to chase. Go over to Jupiter. I know it's close. See if you can find Robert Kraft over there. Oh, <laughs> man. That, that's the ongoing joke about here. And, and the, who is the more Who's important the name? person? I know. Tiger, Tiger <laughs> yeah. Woods, of course. Tiger or, you know. Any of yeah. the Nationals Pe- complex that's down there? People like Dan Snyder. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. See Thanks. you All soon. Right. Thanks, fellas. All right. All right. So, 20 minutes away, as George alluded, is uh, Jupiter, Florida, and this whole mess now with Robert Kraft and the day spa, and he is accused of soliciting <laughs> prostitution. I mean, that's this is crazy. Can you get it's the look. orchids of Asia day spa? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I look. I don't frequent such establishments. I, I have look, to confess. I, I, we're not. No one's going to sit here and incriminate themselves and not incriminate themselves. But let's let's just look at it. I'm going to put on my Robert Kraft hat right now. I'm an older gentleman. How old is he? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. 
I'm a widower. By the way, there's somebody on that list that's going to be 85 next week, born in 1934. I saw the list on Twitter. How do you know that? They shut up the so list. One, yeah, of, the list is one out. of the TV stations. Yeah. 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 Stop outing these old dudes. These are old, I didn't rich say his dudes. name. I don't even know his name. It's 1934. Wait, still, anybody. Just don't Look, put a list got his some six, old dudes. Six Super Bowl If rank. you are 85, 77, and you are a billionaire, Look, the man is not cheating on his wife. He's a widower. He's got needs. He's an old fella. He wants. He's a businessman. He wants to make. He wants a sure thing, and he doesn't have time to have the the little girlfriends and all that. So he might want to put the money My down and just go this, for the sure thing. And the play, you know, owners. I was reading they have to buy by this this person the conduct policy too, right? In the NFL, they do. So what's Roger going to pick up? But, the phone? but but see, it's not going to be much because what happened with Ursay? Oh, right. Not much. Yeah. Ursay had drugs. Yeah, Erzy had a DUI. Erzy had all sorts of stuff. He he. I mean, this is this is legal. I'm not downplaying. You know, maybe next time Robert would like to go to Nevada if he wants to go to the spa. I love the spokes. We categorically deny anything, yeah, I, and they've got him on video. Yeah. No, I, but uh, yeah, you but you uh, on video doing what? He could if he's getting massage. They said the acts were caught on video. Book two did, times. Did, they saw what he, he was being was being massaged. That's what they. Uh, hey, look, man, I'm not in Jupiter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just I'm, I'm glad you said that, though. That just in fairness, they they do categorically deny it. I don't know how they're gonna. <laughs> well, you can't. But that's the blanket statement right. you have to put out yeah, there. Yeah. But let's not be surprised that these older owners, these old billionaires, whether they are married, not married, widowers, or whatever the situation is, that they are not soliciting for their needs. These men, probably, they probably got a, a whole drawer full of Cialis that had never been used. They, they got they need something to do. They got money. And they're old. So they're what's lonely. Roger, what's, Ro, what's, the, what's Roger going to tell him? Take me off the list. <laughs> get it? <laughs> Cross my name off. Cross my I mean, name off. Make sure I ain't on there. Because yeah. I'm not going to sit here and act like Robert Kraft is the only owner in the NFL or sports, period. Well, if what Schefter says is true, it's not the biggest name on that list. That's the that's the next billion dollar question. Well, see, and, and, and but see, that's dependent on what. Are those odds up in Vegas yet? Who the next name is? <laughs> it probably is, but it depends on what. Because if you're talking about big names in terms of sports, yeah, big names in terms of NFL, or you're talking about big names in terms of politics, entertainment, that could be anything. Yeah. So the next big name, who knows who that could? They could be on any stratosphere. If, if, if he says it's a bigger name in the NFL, then we can start to sure. start to narrow down the list. But another big name doesn't tell me anything. Yeah, it could be. I mean, would it be a, oh, poli- yeah, it a politician? Be. Of course, that happens all the time. Well, I was going to say, for, but for Schefter to say where we are right now, there's probably somebody. There's an embassy suites across the street. Uh-huh. I guarantee you right now, there might be somebody from the Congress or sitting in there doing something he's supposed to be doing. Right. But my question is, if, if Schefter's saying it, is the, is the sporting world, that's what we're saying. Like, yes, politicians, fine. But that going to that going to the needle, peg the needle. But it's because it, it's him saying it. Yeah. But he, he didn't specify. True. No, he didn't. Just because, I mean, he could say. You're right. TMZ is now reporting on, on sports stories more than Schefter I and know. other people. I know. So just because TMZ said it doesn't mean it's just sports or it's just entertainment. No, but if TMZ says it, it's true. 
Well, CMZ's got footage. CMZ. They, they don't. They don't. They don't play. No, they do. They not. don't BS at all. They don't. If you see TMZ, Demet, you go the other way. But they're never coming after me. Not, well, you know, I live live a pretty quiet life. <laughs> I am reminded the, of. The, uh, the, but those are the ones. Those I am are the ones. I am reminded of uh, the uh, late Ken Beatrice, longtime sports yeah. host here in town. He said, "Do you think the most exclusive club in the world is the U.S. Senate with a hundred members? No, it's the NFL owners with just thirty-two. And uh, the reason That's I bring true. that up is, you know, uh, those guys are pretty powerful and they kind of run their own clubs sure. there. And and Good- Goodell works for them." So uh, I don't know about the legal ramifications for Kraft, but I don't know that there would be much interleague punishment. You're right. If I yeah, can put it that that's way. That's a great pull. Can, Beatrice, that's a good pull. I <laughs> compare it again to the Ursay situation. Yeah. Because if Ursay didn't get much and he's caught with he had the amount of drugs he had. I know. If he was a regular dude, he'd be locked up still. For a long time, yeah. Didn't even sniff jail. Mm-hmm. Didn't really got to slap him on the wrist from the league. So the owners, yes, you know, by the, the the letter of the law, they are as culpable as the players are, but they're not. They're not at all because the, the the things the players get, owners are not even going to see none of that. How are you, you going to penal? You going to penalize your boss? Mm-hmm. How does that work? Right. You got to get the NFL's got to get somebody outside of Goodell. We all know that. Which they do. Yeah. What's you know? But even the Ursay situation, this yes, it's illegal. It is what it is. We'll get back to y'all next week, and y'all can talk about Zion's blown-out shoes. <laughs> well, that is an By the way, that's a whole other conversation. Nike should blew he, that deal. Well, Nike's going to sign him. Yeah, or they should. Or here's the other the other, the other little They're going to have to up it. Well, they're going to have to. But here's the other topic you can tease for next week. There's going to be a lot of discussion. Should he play college ball again this year, if he's ready? Yes. It's like he's day-to-day. It's not like he's out I would completely. Not, I would not play ball. You're going to be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, see, this is this is not a Kyrie Irving situation where he was done-done. Or Porter saying, last knee, year when knee, he was done-done. knee is a knee. I, I don't know if it's the knee. We don't know. Well, we don't this, know. I'm just saying. He's they, This man blew this out. This was supposed to be a tease. But he blew out the bottom of the sh- I'm sorry. I just saw a little bit of earth. He blew out the, <laughs> the bottom. You're, this is a physical freak. Oh, I know. You put Zion's foot which is probably the equivalent of the Incredible Hulk's foot in a regular shoe. <laughs> is you, unless it's it's scientifically engineered, with, as I'm sure it's not specifically for his foot, which his next Nike shoe will be, mm-hmm. but this one wasn't. I don't know if it was a knee. He's going, that's his strength of the boy's foot blew that tire out. I understand that. And blew that shoe apart. But if the knee now is is not, if, if there's any sort of... Question mark if, look, if, if it's if it's a question mark of that, then I understand. But if he, he's day to day, if he if it's if it's a day to day situation, and it's not, there's no surgery involved. He doesn't have to be out for a finite amount of time. No one has said two to four weeks sure. or six. If you, if it's anything like that, then no, don't play. But if it's if it's you sit out a game or two, okay, all right. If you're a ball player, play ball. We'll take calls on that. Next more week. to come next week. Maybe, maybe not calls, but more conversation. <laughs> about that sounded good. Thank you, everyone. That is enough debauchery for one day, I think. The DMV Sports Roundtable is on Apple Podcasts, the Podcast One app, PodcastOne.com, and WTOP's mobile app. Just tap listen. For Jamal and George, I'm Dimitri. And for Redskins fans, large and small, all around the world, God help us.